Mama, <laughs> Mama, you know I love you. Go ahead, Derek. <laughs> you know I love you, Mama. <laughs> Mama, you're the queen of my heart. Your love is like tears from the stars. Mama, I just want you to know. I want you to know. Loving you is like food to my soul. Loving you is like food to my soul. Ooh, we did that one. Hey. Oh, man. Welcome to another episode and hashtag Look at God podcast. As you can see, we are very thankful for life, very thankful for Mama and we have a phenomenal sister here with me, an adopted sister. You know, I think I think it was by Forrest because she definitely uh, put me in the corner one I time. I sure did. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> Don't put this pressure on me. Um, and from the moment I met her till now, she has definitely just been a blessing in my life. Uh, if you know me and my story, I definitely have no sister. I am from a family of nothing but testosterone. Oh, really? Nothing but testosterone. I didn't know that. Yep, yep. So you definitely look. God sent you. So, <laughs> but we have the one and only uh, Magush with us here today. Hi. How are you guys doing? Yeah. We're thankful for your presence. <laughs> and... Um, Let's get this thing cracking. Yeah. So we do have Manoj now. We had her brother Stanley on Mother's mm. Day, right? So now we, we just sung that mother's song. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be talking about something concerning mothers. So as we dive into that, our icebreaker is what is your best memory with your mama? Oh, Best God. mama memory. Best mama memory. Just counting getting your bubble too. Yeah, I could do that. If it was good, if you enjoyed it, if you enjoyed that, oh, it was bad. For me, it was bad. She really loved me. She thumped me really good. No, my best memory with my mother, it had to be the last two years of her life. Because me and my mother started rough. I didn't understand her. She didn't understand me. I was born of her, but I was not raised with her. I was raised in Haiti. And so by being raised in Haiti, I had a whole new system of who's my mother, who's my dad. I have an adoptive parents. And so it it really, you know, it really um, conflict me when I met my mother, actually knowing this is my mother. Mm. So that whole conflict of, you're not my mama. I don't know who wow. you is trying to wow. tell me about life. And she was there 24 seven. I couldn't run away from right. her. <laughs> so that was the first major issue. Yeah. Um, but the last two years of my mother, I was sick. I had got cancer and I became totally dependent of my parents. Wow. Um, where I'm a very, if, if anybody knows me, I'm a very independent person. Very. <laughs> I do me without asking a question. Yeah. I provided for me without, you know, since I was very young. And the last two years of my mother, I remember it was about 2009, 2008, I went into nursing and I got so sick that I would pass out in school. She would have to come to the hospital and meet up with me and be there with me. And I remember one day, she, I'm in the hospital, like almost dying. Like the doctors, 
telling us, I don't know why you're calling us. She, don't you see this is a dead person? Like, what's wrong with you? Why are you referring me to this person? And I remember from a word my mom usually said, I'm a winner. You cannot speak over my life. I'm a winner. Yeah. And so until God says I'm dead, you, I don't need you in my life. Wow. And she was sleeping. I was in the hospital bed and she's sleeping at the end of the hospital bed with me. And the doctors finished saying their things and he, she kicked them out and I said, I needed a new doctor. I don't want that doctor. And she was like, you're going to survive this. And it's not like she hadn't said it before, but that time I could see the God in her speaking into my life. Wow. You understand what I'm saying? It's like you could see, oh, you're not the annoying mama that keeps on telling me how to wear, what to wear, mm-hmm. how to do all me, the rules. all the rules mm-hmm. and regulations. You actually is a God Per, you know, persona in my life. Wow. And it was just, it, it, it blew me off. Like, I, it just, I didn't have no strength. She had to pick me up and do everything. And my parents had to lift me up from bed to take me a shower. I became so weak from the medications that they were giving me. And to see the two old people that I forever say I'm stronger than them had to be now my elbows, had mm. to be my knees, had to be my legs, had to, you know. Yeah. And, it, and that's how, that was the biggest and the fondest memory. Wow. And then the last day me and my mom had a conversation was a very impactful one. She was going to die on Sunday morning. And Thursday, I came from work. And I do 18-hour work from the prison. She spent four hours just telling me random stuff about her and the family, where our papers are, you know, different things. And I'm like, lady, I just need to sleep. <laughs> And it was her giving me her last testament. Wow. Her last everything. Wow. I give you this as family. I don't give you this. I here's your papers. This is where. And I told she said, I and I was with a guy, I think I was telling you this mm-hmm. for seven years. And she was like, I know you're gonna break up with him, but here's the person that you're gonna marry. It's gonna be a red dude. I never dated red dudes. And she's already <laughs> prophesying into my life wow. what's to come. And lo and behold, on Sunday I lose her. In my wow. hands. So those are the two major. So she was what what she was to everybody else. It took me long. Took me to the last two years of her life. Yeah. To me recognize, wow, you are crazy good. Hmm. (laughs) My blessing. You you are wow. (laughs) And I've been running away from that. I ran away from this lady. And to Hmm. recognize her whole being in the last two years of her life. Mm. Wow. Yep. Man, you gonna you basically <laughs> ruin right, man. Yeah, force that tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh dang, what happened, man? Go ahead, throw us one. <laughs> that was the one time when I skipped school and uh no. Fondest memories of me and my mother. Um wow. Uh I don't know how I follow up anything that you just said. That was just very powerful. I'm still processing and, you know, Jarvis was joking about me calling my daddy. I need to call my mama. Um, but just just trips, man. I, I remember going to Orlando with my mom. I just, I, growing, so my mom had me like very, um, like literally a year after she came into the States. So it's me and her. We're in the States together. She doesn't speak much English. And I just remember just very, just fond memories of just us always being together. 
you know, whether we're going to family's house, whether, you know, I've, I've gone to the movies a time or two with my mom. I remember going to Grand Prix with my mom. Um, I remember going to Haiti. Like, it's just always been me and her for, mm. you know, uh, many, many years. Um, so those are the memories that, that stick out to me. Um, she's still alive and well. And I thank Praise God for God. every day that I do have her. You know, Enjoy I, that. <laughs> I, I definitely don't think I, I capitalized as, as much as I uh, once didn't have the opportunity to mm-hmm. say yes or no before because I was just a child. But I think now that I'm older, I could definitely be more intentional with spending time with her um, and creating more memories um, because now she's older, she works hard and she's just tired a lot of times, you know. Um, but if I were to say, I guess, one that's just real vivid, I remember uh, probably like two years ago. This is funny because um, my mom don't really go out to eat like that because, you know, if you know Haitians, they're picky when it comes to food. Yes, so, <laughs> yeah, they are. They definitely are. Stop. <laughs> so, I've gone out to eat with my mom, let's just say, probably one handful of times. Yeah. Normally, we'd go to like something neutral, something that we know we're cool with, like a TGI Friday. So, one time I decided, you know what, I'm a. I'm going to spice it up a little bit. I'm going to take my mom to the beach. We're going to go eat at a restaurant on the beach. Oh, God. Lord knows. Um, yeah. So we get there. Um, you know, we go ahead and order. You know, my mom likes herself. And they can hear the water in the distance. It's, it's good. It's good. And I happened to bump into one of my cousins that was there. Um, and so we're having small talk. I'm like, oh, man, what are you doing here? Like, while well, my mom's obviously we're having dinner. And I'm just so busy catching up with my cousin that, I'm not really paying attention to what's going on with oh, my mom. No. So my mom is going to town. Like if she had, if she could have access to some Maggi, which is literally <laughs> a thing that all Haitians use in their food, yeah. she would have paid some. Listen, Ippies, yeah. She is fighting through this food. Oh, Harry, can I get salt? Can I get ketchup? Can I get hot sauce? Am I no? Because like I said, I'm in a conversation. So back in my mind, I'm pro- I'm trying to process what's going. On. I'm like, why is my mom asking all these things? Like, she never asked for stuff. Like, knowing that the food kind of sort of comes already ready, you know. But she's like, ever she's like, excuse me, can I? Excuse me, excuse me, my mom. Still to this day, mommy will speak Creole, like to English. Oh god. So you know, we get through dinner. My mom asked for to go box. I'm still shook. I'm like, mom asked for to go box, like. She never asked what to go box. She gonna go cook it at the house. <laughs> Guy in the car. That lady said, "Hey, this was a nice gesture, but please, <laughs> next time you have a great idea like this, let's let's just stick to TGI Friday." That lady could not, and she's like, as she's telling stories, she's like, "I'm over here looking around, and all these people are talking about, ooh, delicious, delicious." I said, "What is delicious? Delicious? Yeah, that thing. Ooh, delicious." And she's like, "I'm fighting with the same thing. I can't eat this." <laughs> I can't oh eat this mess. Uh, oh so after that time, it was literally a very long time before I took her out to eating. I was like, oh, oh shoot, I've messed up. Mess. But I recently took her out for her birthday and she loved it. So we went. Try hibachi. They like it. Yeah. 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 They like it. I yeah. learned my dad likes hibachi. Like, because I guess the way it's so fresh and he, he, he really enjoyed it. Mm. And I think a lot of Haitian, like, I'm t- talking to a lot of the young ladies and right. now telling them, yo, you need to step it up with your parents. For sure. And and when they take, when I, some type of Japanese hibachi or something like that, they tell them how much more salt or mm-hmm. how much more pepper is to put in. Right. They're, they're like, she'll like it. She'll enjoy it. Cool. See, uh, so my mom not Haitian. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what am I going to do with anything? 
you know, I just, just you know. Hey, start off there. <laughs> we'll start there. Uh, a great memory that I got with my mama. Uh, I think of one. I remember, no, nah, I'm going to switch it up. I, something recently. Yeah. So recently, like, I, uh, my mom works at a barbershop. She has her own barbershop. And probably it's a newer barbershop. And, uh since COVID, she hasn't really had like a lot of clientele. Like she's been thinking about closing the business and everything. So I went over there. I had went and bought her a drink. Went and got some money, got some cash. I'm paying for my own haircut. Wow. So I get there and I'm like, <laughs> I get there and I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm going to chill and get a haircut. So I give her the drink as soon as I walk in. I say, you want this? She said, yeah. Right now, I go in the restroom, wash my hands, and mind you, it's a guy sitting in the chair, and like she doing, like she lining them up, but he ain't got no lines, so she using the wow, yeah, she using like the uh, she drawing the line, so she drawing the line, and then I realized that the blinds were closed, but it really didn't mean nothing to me. So I came in, washed my hands, I come out, and I'm about to sit down. She say, "Uh, "This is a private session, you gotta leave." I say, "Oh, say less." (laughs) (laughs) I hop in my car. Hop in my car no. and clear it, right? So then I want to say maybe like an hour of like me leaving. I'm at another barbershop. <laughs> I'm paying you either way. I, I legit went to another barbershop. My sister calls me and says, hey, how you doing? I haven't talked to my sister in about a month. And me and this sister, we're, we're close, but she annoys me. So my oldest sister who works with my mom in the same barbershop says, hey, how you doing? I'm saying, what? What you want? <laughs> like, like, that's where I'm at. already annoyed. Yeah, like, I'm already annoyed because I don't know what you call it before. It's like, nobody asks me what you're doing. <laughs> like, when you call, usually oh, it's because I, I did something. You. <laughs> what I, you. Yeah. So, hey, Jarvis, what you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, she said, she said, no, mom told me to call you. I said, no, I'm fine. And then I'm getting my hair cut. I'm perfect. I'm really fine, though. And then she calls me, and I've never seen my mom do this. She called me and she was like, "Oh, I'm sorry if I came off mean." Aww. It was. I've never heard this lady apologize in my 26 years of life. I don't know if my reaction was rough, but I just, I legit said, "Say less," and I left. So maybe she was like, "Man, maybe he's mad." Mm. I've never seen her apologize. I was shook, like, and you know, I was said, "Like, man, that's that's the best memory I got." <laughs> <laughs> That's the best memory I got. There's a check mark for me. Yeah, so, no, that's the best memory I got. So, you know, today we're going to be talking about certain touchy topics, you know what I'm saying? Very touchy. So I would like you for you to introduce it for us, Mike. Oh, we're going to talk about women and the journey a woman goes through to actually have a child. Um, some, like Derek was like, it works. It I works. got a kid. <laughs> Dang, I, <laughs> he just got it. And some women um, or young ladies yeah. go through severe um, hardship in order to actually have a child. Um, and I, I think I was talking to some people and I was like, a lot of people know parts of my story, but they don't know the beginning parts. Um, and a lot of people go through the same struggles that I do, but I'm more vocal about it. Mm-hmm. 
And the reason why I'm more vocal about it is because what should have killed me, <laughs> what should have killed me is now becoming part of my purpose in life. Wow. Um, I, I'm, I could say to um, your audience that I have had 12 miscarriages um, in the span of about nine years. And um, it's, like I said, it shouldn't. If it's not just by going through, but just because of what the body goes through, mm -hmm. the mind goes through. Yeah. Heck, if my body didn't kill me, I should have killed myself. Hmm. Because as a woman, what you learn or what you, what's the, what the whole thing, the scene is, you get a boyfriend. From a boyfriend, you you Come get engaged. Yes. From engaged, you get married. Yes. Then you know Haitians think right when you get married the same day you're supposed to be pregnant. <laughs> and he did his job. And right. He did it. Right. <laughs> and then from um, from pregnancy, nine months later, a child is yeah. born. <laughs> but the thing that a lot of Caribbean and I wouldn't even say. Um, African-American, Black people, period, make it such a taboo to talk to young women about that kind of health that we miss out mm -hmm. certain aspects in our life, certain things that could have been taken care of when we were a kid. Right. Yeah. And it's when we're an adult now, we're having like, wait a minute. Oh, this is not normal. Oh, girl, you don't go through this? Or, oh, shoot, I should have gone to a doctor. What age? Oh, so when I had my period, I should have gone to a gynecologist. Oh, I thought it was when I was active, I needed to go to a gynecologist. My mother never talked to me about what, I don't know what is a gynecologist. What kind of questions I'm supposed to ask them? I just know I got to make myself pretty and smell good. Not true. Hmm. <laughs> Not true. And so that conversation, a lot of black people um, in, in I, I just want to say the older generation that I feel that that's one thing that they they really messed up in for us as young women is that that conversation never happened. Hmm. Even to be able to go to your parents and tell them you have your period for the first time or you're, you're menstruating for the first time is a shame. Hmm. Where it should be celebrated or a conversation with a mother and aunt. You know what I mean? Um, I think I have my, I had my first period at nine. My mother and my dad knew at 12. Wow. Yeah. I took care of me in that aspect until 12 years old. On my birthday, 12 years old, because my mama got me a white dress. Mm -hmm. And I sat down and my period dirty my white dress. Wow. And my mother was like, what is that? I was like, shoot. <laughs> oh, and, she, and she got all excited and she was like, oh my God, I got to give you this. You cannot. And I was about to eat a pineapple. She was like, you can't eat your pineapple. And I'm like, lady, I've had this for three years now. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And she's not having all the conversations with me. And I'm like, oh, I've been dealing with this for three years on my own. Because my parents always give us money in the morning. So I'll take my $5 instead of eating it. I will go ahead and prepare for the next month to come, you know, get my little money to buy my pads. I was so secretive about it because I was so ashamed. Yeah. So imagine me that my, my parents were real vocal with us. My dad, my dad is a, my mom kind of thing. Like I could, first time I had sex, I told my dad, yo, I think I did something. <laughs> 
He was like, he's too ugly. <laughs> <laughs> so I tell my dad everything. Yeah. And that aspect of me was so secretive because I didn't know what it was. No one ever sat down and talked to me at nine years old. I'm going through this and I have to prepare myself. Like, oh my God, is this something good? This is something bad. I know it's supposed to happen, but what is next? And um, a lot of us don't have that conversation. And so now I should have gone to the gyno. I should have, you know, there's certain things that, that should proceed or, you know, after the fact that it occurred should happen. And we were so, I'm so scared. And so when she found out, I was like, uh. <laughs> and she was like, what? She said, you, you, what? How, why you didn't feel comfortable to talk to me? You never brought it up. If you, the elder person that's been through this, never right. said anything to me, how you think I'm a child right. gonna come to you with something like that? Because yeah. it's so taboo. Huh. Yeah. So now, um, she she did her thing, you know what I mean. But with Haitians, also the first thing they're gonna try to find out: Are you having sex? And I'm like, no, <laughs> that's that's not it. But their mentality is okay. Let's protect you from not having a child. And not, okay, let's take you to the doctors. Let's walk you through this. This is normal. This is what life is. And so we miss out on a lot of things. So I suffered from a lot of, um, at a very young age, I had a lot of hemorrhaging. I would have my period for six months. Straight. Ouch. Dying. (laughs) And having to actually need blood because I lost so much blood. And for me, I'm thinking, everybody going through this. This is normal. Until um, my mother was like, wait a minute. We, I struggled with certain things. Let's have a conversation. Hmm. And that's when my mother said how with her whole pregnancy with me, she bled heavy throughout the whole, the whole pregnancy. That's scary. Not and I was still a big baby, eleven pounds fat behind. Healthy, healthy as heck. <laughs> Looking at people like, what's wrong with y'all? You know what I mean. And she struggled with miscarriages. No one told me. You know what I mean. But she waited until a very long time to have those conversations with me, where I was already struggling. So mentally, I'm like, oh my god, what's going on? You know what I mean. And I'm thinking it's normal, right? And it's not. And so now. I, I've been hmm. talking to a lot of women and that's that's why I was like I, I have to do this. I think it's it's part of you know to be able to talk to people to say we need to talk to our young kids right. early. Yeah. We need to get a health screen in early because people I, I, I remember a young girl telling me when she had her period, she's dying, like have to be on heavy drugs because of the pain of the menstrual cycle. Where it's not normal. Right. Yeah. It's not normal. But because it's the stigma and the taboo of not talking about it, people say, okay, I'm just dying for three days. What? Have you seen a doctor about it? Oh, I have so much clots. Have you told anybody about it? This is not just you clotting when you shedding, but it could be actually clotting in your, your veins, clotting in your body. So that means you could die of a clot and thinking it's just happening when you have your menstrual cycle. <laughs> That could be something wrong, you know, um, something wrong chromosomally, something wrong, you know, you have different, this just does to come once a month and right. that, that's all. Right. It, it is part of your life. That means you have things to 
think about, worry about. And then, you know what I mean? It, it, it's a struggle a lot. Yeah. So a lot of people don't know to talk. A lot of people don't know the steps when they find out somebody drop on you, you have PCOS. You don't know what the heck that is. And then they won't give you information if you don't ask. Yeah. That's one of the biggest issues I have with medicine. I'm part of the medical um, um, profession. And I feel like I have to give you one plus one equals two, even right. though I know you may know it. Right. But I feel like I should tell it's you it and show you right. how one plus one equals two. Not a lot of people have that patience. You got 15 minutes even with a doctor. You paying the money. So why not put them, sit down and talk to them about what's going on? You feel ashamed. You don't want to, oh, I, I I have a smell. You don't want to talk about that. Listen, this is your body. You don't know how to do it. There's a profession, a professional person that knows what it is. Talk to them about it. But we're so, we're so scared. We're so ashamed. We're so, it's so taboo. Or we don't know what to ask. I tell people to always bring a tablet or a piece of paper with them with questions that you had when you was home. Yeah. Because once you see the doctor, you forget everything. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's gone. And it's rare when he's like, God, dog it, I needed to ask him about this, 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 this. Call him back. Second you drive away, you remember. You're paying him. You're paying your sickness, your disease, your visit is what's paying this person. Right. Yeah. So you have whatever 15, 20, 30 minutes they got to give you, they got to give it to you. But we, we don't know what to ask. And so the struggle of going, if you don't start from the beginning, when you get married or when you have the possibility, oh, my God, I'm pregnant. Day one, things are changing. Yeah. <laughs> Pregnancy. Day one, your body's not yours anymore. Day one, there's a foreign body inside of your body that your body could reject. Boom. Spontaneous abortion. <laughs> Your body like, nah, we're not ready for this. Boop, you're bleeding. Or you could be in my space six months. You're giving birth to a dead child. Because your body was not healthy enough to carry a child. Man. So, you know, that's crazy that you brought that up. This, the later, uh, you know, the later pregnancy and miscarriages but i've know i've spoken to my uncle's wife recently and like uh, she also had multiple miscarriages but she said her last miscarriage she can see the features of the child mm -hmm. like and it was like that rough where she can see like wow this was actually going to be a child like um one of my latest miscarriages one of my not latest one of my first few miscarriages um i was in school I was in nursing school trying to transition from LP into RN. And we were nine weeks. And my husband and my dad drives me back and forth um, to school. And they went to go get something to eat. And I'm at the, the school. And I feel a pressure. And I'm sitting on a white. <laughs> and I feel a pressure. When I feel the pressure, I was like, oh, my God. I know this feeling. I went to the bathroom and I had her. You legit could see every aspect of the baby at nine weeks. The only part is that the you know the sex part they had to tell me because they did genetic testing on her. Yeah. But you could see the face. You could see the little cheeks. You could see the little arms. You could see the little buds for the legs. You could see I had to carry it to bring it to the hospital. 
so they could do a dnc for me because i bled so much so you legit can I imagine what you're going through yeah mentally you're preparing for a beautiful occasion yeah. and now you're carrying that fetus to a hospital to say okay i think i just gave birth because mm, i think within like the first four i was like oh it's early you know what i mean my body's rejecting because my like i said i have blood issues um so it was just like okay my body's rejecting every time i get pregnant my body fights the pregnancy and rejects the baby so it came to the point of like okay every woman has a wound everybody every woman should be able to carry if it's in god's will i have no issue getting pregnant that's where it was crazy yeah because some doctors were like, oh, you're too big to be able to get pregnant. Listen, if I tell you guys I'm going to get pregnant this month, I know how to calculate it. I'm going to get pregnant. Yeah. So nothing's wrong with that part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now you start calculating. Right. And then it, 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 it brings you to a point of like, wait a minute. Is my wound like a cemetery? Wow. wow. And, and I don't want that. I'm, am I that much of a, I remember I used to say, am I that bad of a person that I cannot produce? And you got to understand in the Christian aspect of production and being fruitful, mm-hmm. that means you look at spiritually, mm-hmm. what did you do right. to deserve this? Right. Not even looking at my husband yet. No. <laughs> Me, personally, what did I do? What what did I do to who did I mess up so bad? Which I, I was bad, <laughs> but it was like who did I mess up so bad that I'm pay, repaying the agony of miscarriages? So it, it's not even physically anymore; it's more psychologically killing me. Yeah, <laughs> as we we're, as we we're speaking earlier, um, obviously as we we're getting here. Um, the idea, like like I was saying, one, I'm not a woman, so these realities aren't one that, that mm-hmm. I'm privy to. Um, secondly, <laughs> like I stated, with me just being out here, um, I had a child, and it, oh. al- it almost seemed it almost seemed too easy at the time, you yeah. know, because um, you know, especially early on when you start being physical, you know, you're, you're wearing condoms, you're pulling out, you're trying to do every tax because you in your head, if it goes in you, I'm guaranteed to have a child. And, you know, when I had my child, I was like, oh, shoot, he's here, you know. Um, but to hear, you know, um, obviously you said 12 times, which I think is, you know, the fact that you um, even have the emotional capacity to continue to even try. Like that stuff can, like you said, the ideas of your own being a cemetery, the idea of even you wanting to still be physical. Like I can think of so much mm-hmm. mental attacks you can get from having an experience like yours um you know if if it wasn't for god and Mm -hmm. people take that word like i i remember one time i wrote on facebook i said but god right (laughs) hashtag but god right i said if it wasn't for god i would have left this man Hmm. because i I think i was telling you i never want to get married right (laughs) right I didn't want the fam- yeah. I wanted yeah. the family. You know how ladies, girls are. Oh my god, I want to get married. I, I, I didn't see it like that. Right. 
I saw me traveling. I see me making money. I see me doing me. I did not see the whole, you know, kissing on the tree, marriage mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So when it came, it, marriage was, everybody didn't even believe that I was getting married until I sent a picture of me actually married. married. <laughs> in, in, in the gown. In the gown. With the ring on. <laughs> so everybody was like, oh, you were serious. Like, but so it, it played another trick on me mm-hmm. mentally. Like, I didn't even want this. Mm-hmm. Wow. And now I'm going through this. Mm-hmm. Wow. Crazy. <laughs> I actually have to see you as a husband. Right. And not someone that's going to come in and simulate me. And then, boom, I'm going right back to that mental anguish. Can't celebrate being able. You see how all girls, oh my God, I'm pregnant. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. I can't have a baby shower. I can't enjoy. I can't plan for anything because I'm in the aspect of I don't know. Until I give birth, you're in my hands. You're crying. You legit good. I can't even announce you. Yeah. Because I'm so scared. For the women who are currently pregnant, what advice would you have for them? Celebrate each second Hmm. of your pregnancy. Yeah. And also, follow-up advice. We got to give advice to everybody. What what advice would you give for the pregnant women husbands? Because I feel like they play a bigger role than what they know. Than they actually believe. Yes, A lot of men believe, oh, my God, I just gave you what I got to give you, and I'm done. No. You have to support. If the lady going crazy, trust me, it's not her wanting to go crazy. You got to understand, hormonally, What's going through this child's body, this lady's body? You got, you know what I mean? What's going through? The the person's actually seeing somebody or something invade their body and taking over. I tell people, I think I was like, okay, I guess I'm sitting for six months, nine months. I, I can't do nothing for me. My mind is not clear. I'm, I, I can't remember where I put my phone, yet my phone is in my hand. It's not them. (laughs) You know what I mean? Their whole body is being manipulated just to take care of a being. Wow. And the funny thing is, everybody forgets about the woman. They they only know of that child for that nine months. Right. So you yourself could be going crazy in your own body and know what? How's the child? How's the baby? How's the baby? Oh, the stomach is growing really good. Is he kicking? Is he doing this? And I'm like, oh, I don't care no more. (laughs) (laughs) So the the husband, be a little more intentional with what you do. Yeah. And I can't say only husband. Because we'll be still. I was just just thinking that because you got Derrickson right next to you, man. (laughs) Wow. But. Wow. What, whoever you are, I, can't, mm-hmm. I, I hate when people say sperm donor. Like, oh, you're yeah. so mean. Yeah. But whoever you are, be a little more intentional of your actions yeah. toward the person, you know what I mean, that is carrying your legacy. Wow. See, and carrying your legacy is so much. You know, even the Bible speaks on, uh, I knew you before. Like, before. Sure. So it's like, you are a legacy. Like, the child is... It's, Earth is something. It's big. It's not like a, yeah. Even like the the evil person you could think at one point this kid was coming out of somebody. This yep. was somebody's whatever baby. it is. Whatever that person turned out to be, it was purpose to be whatever that thing was. Oh, look at God. That's good. Oh, that's a look at God moment right there. Well, we oh man. It's purpose. Uh, 
D Rock, because I know you you have a son as well. During that time, uh, you know, during the time that his mother was pregnant, uh, what were some steps that you were taking? Man? Everything opposite of what she was just saying. <laughs> Everything opposite. You know, as as I as I listen to you, and like I said, even to our conversation earlier, you know, it just kind of sort of just reminds me, and just kind of just takes me back to just realizing how much of a blessing a child is. I promise you anything and everything they tell you not to do during the pregnancy, we were doing. <laughs> they tell you not to stress the mother out. Oh, you stressing the heck out stress, of her. Man. Stress, <laughs> listen, stress. When I tell you, I mean, this baby is nothing short of a blessing. Stress. I mean, with the mother of the child obviously being kicked out, with me being in another relationship. I mean, so many different things yeah. was going on during this time and that child made it out healthy. Yeah. And like I said, that's why I hear things like, you know, what you're going through and people who's married and people who's quote unquote doing it the right way, and, <laughs> you know, getting things in order and, 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 and working on their spirituality, you know, just like just waiting for the gifts of God, you know, and, and their proper measures. Hey, okay, mm-hmm. he's going to bless me with marriage. Okay. We're here. He's going to bless me with a child. Okay. We're here. Like I was doing none of that and just out here, just, you know, or, report, reporting to the flesh. Yeah. And even after, you know, getting someone pregnant, nothing, nothing about what I was doing. I mean, I, I would go to the doctor visits. I guess that was, that was supportive of enough. Yeah. But I wasn't, I was not, I wasn't strapping up my, my boots and preparing for hmm. fatherhood. Yeah. I wasn't. Yeah. Um. So it, it to see that and to see how how faithful he was and to see how it's I really don't have any control. Yeah. Mm-mm. I ain't gonna lie, man. I was the opposite of Derek, man. I was actually the the good guy. Uh so in college I dealt with a situation where Jarvis was about to be a daddy out here in these streets. Oh yeah, full daddy, not even oh, a half. Daddy. <laughs> uh but like when she told me she was pregnant, I was shook. Like, you know, and it was somebody I didn't know like that. I didn't know her last name at the time. I found out her last name on Facebook. Like, but uh, it was just such an experience. But what I would say, like, I went to the doctor visits as well. You know, I did my thing. I even considered being in a relationship with the person I barely knew. Like, I really considered it. Like, I was for the sake of the child. At one point, this girl said, yo, I want to do a blind adoption. I said, no, don't do a blind adoption. When you have the kid, just give it to me. I'll clear it on you. I I go back to Florida because I was in Oklahoma. I'll go back to Florida with my baby and then we'll be good. So it was just like, man, I was so prepared to do the daddy thing. Like, you know, and I I started working harder. Like, I was playing football at the time. And one thing that always crippled me was, like, I wouldn't put in the extra work like mm-hmm. i'll do the bare minimum mm-hmm. but at that time like the extra work was came easy work like i just was naturally like yo i gotta make it it's like you ain't got no choice yeah it's like sir at one point i was like yo i want to make the nfl at that point i was like i gotta make it the nfl like it's, it's yeah. happening yeah. yeah like so it was just a lot and i went through that whole time and then i'm making it seem like it was a lot longer but maybe about four months into her pregnancy like Every time we went to the doctors, the weeks were always off. Mm. It wasn't super off, so I didn't want to be like, uh, but it was like three, four. Like, it was always like, I met you five weeks ago. Like, I don't know how you nine weeks. Uh. <laughs> like, so, so, you know, we end up finding out that, you know, it wasn't mine at the time. But it was like, through Reality that. Reality check. Yeah, through that, though, I realized, like, yo, you really can be a father. Yeah. 
Like it was my first time. It was like, yo, you you can do this. So, you know, I think I, I think going through that experience showed me I could be a father. There's a whole baby out here in the street. She, she got a daddy and everything. But it was like during that time I found out, yo, I can be a father. Mm-hmm. So I think with men, a lot of times with the pregnant women, we look at them as like, oh, we got to make sure we protect them. We got to do this, especially when we cherish the woman. We got to be like, yeah, we got to protect them. But at certain at a certain period with because I know in the Bible, certain times like they even say like uh, certain sicknesses, they feel like you were cursed. That's why that happened to you. Mm-hmm. But with these pregnancies and miscarriages, sometimes it's just really like health. health. We're not knowing what health, what we needed to do. Yeah. We did not prepare. See, a lot of people think, oh, it's just going to happen. Boom. No, there's there's preparation that needs to occur. Mm-hmm. Um, certain people, like I said, for me, I could get pregnant at a drop of time. Yeah. It's holding that baby in. You know what I mean? At one point with um, my last child, Analea, I had to get a circlage. I didn't know what that was until I found out I have a tilted cervix. Mm-hmm. So that means whatever is go in, it flips and drops it out. Yeah. So now I have to get stitches to keep the baby in. Mm. I didn't know that. So I had to do 14 weeks going in surgery. Wow. At 14 weeks pregnant. So there's so much things that you don't know and you won't know until either you go to the doctors, get checked out before you start doing all these things, you know, getting plans and, you know, that's part of planning a marriage actually. I tell people that's one of the biggest things that you and your fiance or boyfriend should go to the doctors before you get to, are we compatible? You know, a lot of black folks are, um, how do you call it? Sickle cell traits. Yeah. It, 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 you don't, you don't think of that until you have a sickle cell baby because both of y'all are carriers Yeah. or one has a trait, one has a carrier. Boom. The baby is forever. So. Yeah. You those there's tests. See, I, I usually say certain people know how to you know get prepared for certain things, and we sometimes just jump into things. But all this is things that needs to be part of our culture, part of our practice, because we as black folks also have so much things you know that could happen to us. Right. You know what I mean? If we don't do the you know the necessary steps before, there's sickle cell. There's um, Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. That a lot of African Americans are having now, and they don't understand why. Well, we're old, getting older to have children because we want to live it up <laughs> and, yeah. and wait longer. And um, we didn't do the tests before to see what's in your bloodline. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people get married at the end of marriage. That's when they meet Mama and them, and Mama and them is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Mama and them got some kind of psychological issue. Mama on. still and daddy Mama, on crack. Mama, daddy on crack. <laughs> yeah. Baby was a crack baby. They yeah. know. You know what I mean? So you don't know what you're getting into. And you doing something that's going to be forever. Yeah, man. A, ch- a child solidified forever. Yeah, yeah. And it's crazy, man. Because, you know, <laughs> I work for the school board. And I'm <laughs> a funny story. <laughs> so my, I was substitute teacher. And uh, I remember my first week, something I said, uh, let me sign up for a teacher's assistant job because I want to be have a teacher in the classroom. I don't just want to be thrown on my first day mm-hmm. in a classroom by myself. Little did I know, teacher's assistant is the ones who work with special needs kids. Yes. 
I was so I didn't know none of this. Like, I didn't listen to the training. So, <laughs> so, so I get the teacher's assistant job, and I signed up for two weeks. Like usually you sign up for one day, and you, like, but I signed up for two weeks, and this is like foreign. I've never done it in the like before until this time. So I signed up for two weeks to go substitute for this lady. She was dealing with health issues, and I actually knew the lady. That's why I selected the class. So it was just so much. So I get there. And kids are having seizures. Like, mm-hmm. it's kids with Down syndrome. It's kids that you got to wipe their mouth. The mm-hmm. kids that can't eat for themselves. It's kids Cystic that. Fibrosis. It was one kid I had to. I had to watch him. Like, like when he went to the bathroom, he. I had to watch him because he'll jump on the other kids when he's in the bathroom. And it's like, man, you think, yo, what, what brought this kid to this point? Like, why is he like? Because when you think about mental illness, it's some. Most times, it's something that went wrong in the pregnancy or some gene that happened. So, you know, I always thought like how, and it's like they're, so, they're as loving as they are, they're going to legit be babies for the rest of their lives. And the thing that happened is something so small as a baby aspirin, something so small as folic acid, something small as a prenatal vitamin could have oh, made a difference. Made a big difference. Wow. And they didn't know. Or they didn't, you know, they were never said this is it. My biggest thing is the awareness. Yeah. It's so bad for young women right now because we're legit yoloing life and don't care. Or even we don't even try to talk to our elders anymore. We don't give them that aspect of you need to teach me something. I'm going based on what I know oh. or what Google tells me. <laughs> and we do stupid stuff, you know what I mean? We have mishap, but like for like cystic fibrosis and um, just a simple folic acid once a day, yeah. or you know, taking your prenatals actually taking your prenatals, not saying I'm gonna take it today and forget seven months later, I gotta take one more, you know, simple stuff, actually going to your prenatal clinics. Because a lot of people don't do that because they feel like, oh, my God, going to the doctors every two weeks, three weeks is really bothering my schedule here. But like I said, once you get pregnant, this baby legit takes over your life. And a lot of us are selfish. We don't let that happen. Yeah, yeah. And then curse God when something else happens. (laughs) You know, considering the examples in the Bible, like Sarah, Rachel, Hannah, Rebecca, um, and I'm sure there might be more like women who were just in for. Did you find them encouraging or did you find them um, somewhat discouraging as you're going through obviously your your experiences? <laughs> um. So it took me a while before I can put the spiritual aspect on my my losses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I had to battle me first. Right. I had to battle woe me first. You know what I mean? Like, and then. I was flicker. I was very rude. Right. I was in the aspect of like, I'm not going to apologize to God for what he's doing to me. Right. Yeah. Wow. I'm not going to apologize to you. I'm not going to search you out because you're actually letting this happen. Right. If you did not want me to have a child, you'll do like a Sarah to me. You'll do like a Rachel to me. Don't let me get pregnant. Right. Then you could use my life as a, hey, as a banner. You know what I mean? When I finally do have a child, because like I said, I did not plan for this, you guys. I did not want this. Right. So it became not even as a encouraging thing to me when I read about these ladies. It was like, 
they use you as an example. He didn't even talk to me to tell me what's going on. Hmm. So you're not encouraging me. You're pissing me more off because wow. you actually, you, I, I have to be honest. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. You use, you, you, okay, you block their wound for your glory. My wounds are blocked. Wide open. <sighs> Baby's coming in. Coming in left or right. This ain't coming out. <laughs> coming out too early. Coming out spontaneously. Coming out almost killing me. I died 2018, you guys. Mm. December 2018, on my anniversary day. Yeah. You know what's crazy is, like, you know, I I, I hadn't met you at that time. But I, I was with your brother when he found out. And like the experience, because it's not just you that go no. through that. Everyone, like it was your, it was him too. Yeah. It's like it's your family yeah. that's carrying that burden with you, man. So, oh man, I had to learn that this was not a personal journey. Yeah, because like I said, my mentality was like my wounds of uh, a cemetery. I'm not a full woman. Hmm. Something's wrong with me. Hmm. Why does this keep on happening? You know, so I'm battling all this by myself. Where I forgot to look at my husband that's actually holding a dead child in his hand, mm. saying goodbye to his son or his daughter, mm. um, and feeling like he's the one that's causing my pain. That's a whole nother aspect. Mm. I did not, I didn't take it into consideration because right. I felt all the woes me. The woes me because yeah. it's my body going through this. Yeah. My body going from, and I couldn't even lose weight. So I'm going from pregnancy weight. To losing a child then boom pregnant again or like or you know what i mean so your body i feel like it's woe well to me you're not feeling my pain you don't know to have someone put both of their hands inside of you to pull out a placenta i'm going through this mm. oh you should have told them hey be careful <laughs> <laughs> yeah put a whole disclosure on this yeah yeah, yeah. we're gonna throw that on there throw that on there <laughs> <laughs> but i did not know from my husband yeah I did not know for my dad to see his child going through what he went through. Because my dad, like I said, my mom had some miscarriages before us. My mm -hmm. mom and dad had four years before they were able to have a child. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So he's looking at history repeated. Yep. And he's hurting. And he and, and if anybody knows my dad, I'm a I'm a daddy's girl. <laughs> I'm a daddy's girl. And so for my dad to look at me in the bed dying. Mm. And he's like, God, I can't bury her. I don't know what you're going to do, but I can't bury her. And then my brother, that after mom passed, I stepped into a role as mother. Yeah. To not see a second mother dying. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. So the as it, it, it's a whole and friends that get so happy for you yeah oh my friends i i have a when i tell you guys i have the best village i have some of the strongest people in my village is so tight i'm so in debt of them because they celebrate yep. every pregnancy yeah. they cry every miscarriages yeah they, 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 they're my, when I tell you guys, I was in the hospital and on Sunday of the last, um, December, when Stanley found out and he was coming up, 
half of the font was already at the hospital. Mm. And all of you guys, it was so funny because all of them was in the hospital. People were crying and they were like, who are you? That's my sister. How many sisters and brothers you got? <laughs> like, and I had to say to them, this is my village. Yeah. We all was, I mean, going crazy for right. this baby because this was the furthest child. Hmm. Yeah. Furthest pregnancy, and we just celebrated Stanley's birthday. Yes, 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 yes. celebrated. And he posted and he acted a fool like we, we're about to go crazy in this baby shower that's coming, right? In two weeks, and had to bury her on the day of her baby shower. Wow, 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 man, and you know, that's. That's rough. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you, man. This this is making me unpack a lot of different things, and uh, we're gonna have the conversation after. But uh, <laughs> I definitely, you know, to kind of tie things off, and you know, we ought to look at God podcast. So I want to see, like, through this, through all these things that happen, like, what did you learn about God in this? So we got. Like I said, I'm kind of fresh and rude. Yeah. How Haitians be saying Fleka. <laughs> I remember I lost Marcus 2015, June 16, 2015. Three days before losing Marcus, I dreamt of Marcus. Hmm. Saw my baby boy walking inside of the church, playing with all the kids. And then the second dream was me feeding people. I'm I'm cooking. And I saw my mom had already passed. So I see my mom and I and my mother told somebody, feed her. She's going to need the strength. And she's making sure to tell the person, feed her. She's going to need strength. And I'm here feeding other people. And my I didn't understand the dream. I got up. I was, mind you, I was already in the hospital 19 days. Because, like I said, my placenta is reverted and right. I'm losing the child right. as day goes by. And I had three days to get to where they could give me the shot to, it's a steroid to make his lungs better. And then I could have him and they'll put him in the NICU. I had him the day before the three days. Hmm. So I dreamt the dream while I was in the hospital and I'm mad because I already figured something's going to go down. I'm yeah. mad. And I said, God, I'm not feeding none of your children. I don't want you to feed me. I want my child. And I lost him the day after Rikama's birthday. And um, that was a whole nother scene for Rikama because she went through it all with me. Yeah, that's your sister. Yeah, she went through it all with me. And the whole family, it was bad. So the whole scene was already bad. And then when I lost him, I got out the hospital. I said, I'm going to do the preparation for his burial because he was past 20 weeks. I had to bury him. Hmm. I went, I finished pushing him out a couple of hours later. I got out of the hospital. I went straight to the funeral home, start getting ready for a funeral. Went to Babies R Us to get a preemie outfit. I prepared his stuff and then I said I could rest after I prepare his stuff. All throughout that, God is silent. Hmm. Now, for people that know me, Y'all could call me crazy. Or I talk to God. God talks to me in every aspect of my life. And he's silent. I don't hear nothing. 
and I'm in, in my anger is building. My anger is building. And every, you know, Haitians, they'll come, you got to pray. You got to do this. They come over, they're going to pray for you. I say, you pray. I can't talk to him right now. I can't have this conversation. I cannot see him right now. I'm not saying I'm never going to be with him, but for right now, let me deal with this first. I buried my son. After I buried my son, I had a friend, family friend that came over trying to pray over me, pray against depression. I said, I'm not depressed. I'm mad. There's a difference. And you got to allow me to go through this. Don't don't try to guard me. Right. <laughs> don't, don't push God on me right now. Let me deal with this. Let me finally, you know, see me through this. Yeah. And um, a couple of weeks later, I kept on having the same dream me feeding people and i said god okay fine let's have this conversation you took my son away from me five months my son and you want me to go feed other people's children no i said no you're not even giving me a reason why i'm losing these children you're not giving me any insight i could see into people's lives you allowed me, you blessed me to talk into people's lives. You're not even talking to me. Give me the chance to just hear your voice in this. Tell me it's going to be okay. Nothing. Absolutely silence. Until I decided to do what he told me to do. Feed the kids. Feed the kids. I went to Haiti. I went to a mission. And I fed 400 mental health people in a in an asylum 450. wow and everybody was like what are you doing i said i need him to talk it's been a year i can't hear from him and i'm pissed because like i said you'll talk to me for everybody else but i'm going i'm dying mentally i'm dying physically i'm dying spiritually i'm dying and you just so silent and one of the people that i was feeding said something that changed my life he said don't you know when you're taking a test the teacher is silent mm -hmm. he's one of the most craziest wow. person in here. <laughs> wow wow and he just said it just out of the blue yeah don't you know when you're taking a test the teacher is silent mute and i said what is this now I start asking questions. Okay, God, what you want from me? And he just said, take your time. I got you. Hmm. Yeah. You know how bad that is? Hmm. <laughs> so actually says, okay, God. In my in my history, I feel like um a lot of the things I, I've been through, and it's so cliche because a lot of people say, Well, I go through things for other people. Right. It's not from my own experience. Right. Because if it was from my own experience, like I said, I didn't want any children. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. You're not teaching me anything there. But I remember I post certain things on my Facebook and people were like, oh, my God, you just don't know how this has helped me. I've had this miscarriage. And I, my PM flooded uh, hmm. one day because I was just going crazy. And I was like, God, okay, if you want me to testify, I'm going to testify. I can't testify. And I remember I, I said this as a, uh, how do you call it? As a title of a book mm -hmm. that I wanted to write. Mm -hmm. I said, a mother, um, 
a mother of so much. No, I was. It was like a mother of you with no live babies. Hmm. And then the person I, I sent the idea to, I was pitching the idea to, she said, why are you already writing your story when it's not finished? Um, I said, because if I don't start, I will never remember my my my, my journey. Your journey. Yeah. And my journey has been more mental, more psychological, more spiritual than anything. And then God whispered something in my ear. I'm not done with you yet. Hmm. Wow. So yeah, it's been dark. <laughs> yeah. Doing this. <laughs> on the same on the same basis of where you're at. Paint a picture of the gospel in your experience. Mm. Give an encouraging word to all those who are listening, who is dealing with what you deal with or who have obviously gone into the next stage to actually have children. And we were having conversations earlier. Like there's some people who have actually either their life has been taken away through the experience or they're taking their own life because you know. they cannot handle it. Mm -hmm. One thing I'm gonna say have a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Actually have conversations with God to know what his role in this in your life mm -hmm. is this of his will mm -hmm. the reason why i get pregnant or you know still search for a child is because god promised me a child mm -hmm. and i cannot say because of my selfishness to not allow him to be god in my life right or because of my dealings or because of what i'm going through i'm all of a sudden going to be like you know what i'm done i'm not I, it, it, it is like i said it could be the stubbornness in me or the actual faith in God in me hmm. that says that, yes, I know you promised me a child. And I won't, because in 2018, the doctor asked my brother, my brother's my proxy, my medical proxy. The doctor actually asked my brother to sign the waivers to take out my whole uterus while I'm dying. So I never get pregnant again. Hmm. And my brother was like, are you crazy? <laughs> I cannot make that decision for her. And while we're going into surgery, she even asked me, while I'm dead in medicine, like too much drugs in me, she asked me to sign a waiver so she could take, because she's like, all the nine comorbidities for you to not ever have children, you have them, all nine of them. Okay. So why are you keep on trying? I said, lady, is it yours? <laughs> Leave everything inside. Let God get his glory through this. Wow. And that's where I'm at. I said to people, Yes, you may have issues. Yes, you may have a lot of things. You know, some like I said, certain people that have miscarriages, their body goes through so much pain and aches and stuff like that, or their relationship with their husbands or a significant other go through hell because of a loss, because they feel like maybe he did something to me or I did something to him or their families, you know, Haitians. Right. Oh, for sure. <laughs> but let God get his glory through your journey. Let, if it is in his will for you to have a child, you will have that child. And I, like I said to a lot of people, my story has not ended. No. I really, it's still, being it's still being written. And I pray to God that sooner or later I come back and do a second part and say, here's what God done did for me. Look at God. That's beautiful, man. Great segue, Derek. Man, that was a great question. Oh, man. Tonight was good, man. We thank you. You know, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna be honest with you. You know, we we. But you, you, when you said you wanted to do this topic with us, we shifted everything. Like you know, in October we made it Health Month. We just did an interview uh, last week with Irene, but it was like, yo, we really want to spend time in health, and it's like I. 
as men, we never even think about this stuff. Not at all. So it's like, it's great to have your perspective. And it's like, it's sometimes we sympathize with women, you know, but the empathy, like, we don't know. We, we don't know. You don't know. Um, one thing I'm going to say to your viewers, if you've never been to a gynecologist, get to a gynecologist. I don't care if you're having sex, if you're not. If you have not had a mammogram done, you know, you may be young and thinking nothing's wrong. I had a girl at the age of 24 that was feeling something in her breast. I was like, oh, my God, and came to find out it was cancerous. Go to your doctors at least once a year. Get your pap smear done. Um, do what's necessary for you. It's not all right for you to have all the pain that you're having when you're having your menstrual cycle. It's not good for you to have all the clotting. Make sure that you're talking to your doctor and you're letting them know exactly what's going on for you. Um, there's um, aspects of foul smells and, you know, females mindset. You got to find out what's your pH, what's your, what's your scent. You know, what is normal for you? It may not be normal for your sister. It may not be normal for your mother. Have those conversations. If you do have a daughter, start having those conversations. Mm -hmm. um, as young, and like I said, as young as when they had their menstrual or even before that, so they could get their minds ready. You're thinking they're too young and they're already hearing all these things in school. Their friends are talking. They definitely are. <laughs> and you that the that is a mother or a father is not giving them reasonings you know what I mean? To know what's going on. So talk to them. Um, be open. Don't make the don't make the same mistakes that our parents did. Because we need we need we need to be more healthy Definitely. in that aspect. Well, sis. So, <laughs> I don't know why I like you. <laughs> Everybody Stanley was like, wait, you talking to Derek? Derek. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know Derek? How do you know Derek? <laughs> it confused him when he was up to um, texting with Derek. He's like, wait, Derek, my Derek? I'm like, it's not your Derek. My, <laughs> my Derek. <laughs> How do you know Derek? <laughs> when I said, throw my little, put your finger up for a prayer listen, Tuesday. <laughs> listen, I'm putting them up. I am putting them up. I thank you for coming. You've been nothing short of a blessing, and especially to these viewers and those who will hear your voice, you will definitely be making an impact far greater than we may ever come to realize. Um, I thank you guys for tuning in to another episode. Please drop a comment, rate, um, share this to someone who needs to hear it, meditate on it, and I pray that you guys join us for another and keep us all in prayers as we continue to just go through this journey that we call life. Catch y'all next time. Cheers.